The House and Senate are both in recess and will not return until November 13. Last week on the Senate floor, the Senate returned to work on Tuesday and voted to invoke cloture on the motion to concur in the House amendments to S-3021, the Water Resources Development Act. On Wednesday, the Senate voted in favor of the motion to concur in the House amendments to S-3021. Later Wednesday, the Democrats forced a roll call vote on a Congressional Review Act resolution that would have overturned the Trump administration's new rule making legal the sale for up to a year of short-term limited-duration health insurance plans. Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine joined with 49 Democrats in voting for the resolution, making it a 50-50 tie. Since it takes a majority to pass such a resolution, there was no tie-breaking vote needed and the measure failed. For some reason, Democrats seem to think it makes sense to reduce consumer choices for health care, and they think it makes sense to call that to everyone's attention a month before an election. Later on Wednesday, the Senate voted to invoke cloture on the nomination of Jeffrey Bossert Clark to be Assistant Attorney General. On Thursday, the Senate voted to confirm him to that position. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture on the nomination of Eric Dryband to be Assistant Attorney General, and then the Senate voted to confirm him to that position. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture and confirm the nominations of David James Porter to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Third Circuit, Ryan Douglas Nelson to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Ninth Circuit, and Richard J. Sullivan to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Second Circuit. Then the Senate voted to confirm another six U.S. District Judges with roll call votes and another six U.S. District Judges by voice vote. On top of that, 21 executive branch nominees were cleared by unanimous consent. Why so many judges and executive branch nominees in such a short period of time on Thursday afternoon? Because Leader McConnell had the Democrats over a barrel. Remember, there are no fewer than 10 Senate Democrats running for re-election in states carried two years ago by President Trump, five of whom are in states the president carried by double digits. And while not all 10 of them are in competitive races right now, at least six of them, Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota, Joe Donnelly in Indiana, Claire McCaskill in Missouri, Bill Nelson in Florida, John Tester in Montana, and Joe Manchin in West Virginia are in very competitive races, and they all want to be back home campaigning. So Democrat leader Chuck Schumer counted up all the judges that could have been confirmed between now and November 1 if the Democrats used up all the time available to them on each of the nominations and concluded he might as well cut a deal with McConnell. And before you start grousing about McConnell not driving a harder bargain, remember, he also got 21 executive branch nominations confirmed, too. So the Senate is now in recess until November 13. On the court's front, in addition to the 15 circuit court and district court judges the Senate confirmed last week, there are 27 more judges in the queue. Seven more were reported out of the Judiciary Committee last week, and five more had their confirmation hearings last week, which means they could see committee action later this month. Plus, there's now a new vacancy on the Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, the vacancy left behind by Judge Brett Kavanaugh. In less than two years, the Trump administration has nominated and the Senate has confirmed two Supreme Court justices, 26 Circuit Court judges, and 41 District Court judges. On the FBI slash Department of Justice front, according to James Baker, the former general counsel of the FBI, Rod Rosenstein's conversations about secretly recording President Trump and working to recruit cabinet members to invoke the, tw the 25th Amendment to remove the president from office were not a joke. So says both The Hill and The New York Times, citing sources who leaked parts of his testimony 
to the Joint House Judiciary Committee and Oversight and Reform Committee investigation. Quote, as far as Baker was concerned, this was a real plan being discussed. It was no laughing matter for the FBI, unquote, said one source who was described as being directly familiar with the congressional investigation. That would have made for a very interesting discussion with Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who had been expected to show up Thursday for an interview by members of the two committees. But that interview never took place, apparently because of disagreements over whether it will be a transcribed interview or a more informal meeting. The meeting has not yet been rescheduled. On a related front, members of the two committees are also interested in meeting with Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson. He let it be known through his lawyer last week that he has no intention of answering their questions and will invoke the First and Fifth Amendments if called. Stay tuned. On the immigration front, House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy, doing his best to build support among conservative members of Congress for his bid to become the next Speaker of the House, on Friday announced he would be introducing a new bill getting tough on illegal immigration. How do I know this bill is part of an effort to burnish his conservative credentials? Because he very consciously chose to give it as an exclusive to Breitbart. The bill does not say anything about the illegal immigrants known as DREAMers. The bill does, on the other hand, fully fund the president's border wall with more than $23 billion more than what has already gone to fund wall construction. In addition, the bill contains several other sections that have already passed the House of Representatives on their own, including Kate's Law, which passed the House 257 to 167 last year, the No Sanctuary for Criminals Act, which passed the House by 228 to 195 last year, the Criminal Alien Gang Member Removal Act, which passed the House last year by 233 to 175, and two resolutions that passed the House earlier this year, including one that upholds and honors immigration and customs enforcement, and another that put the House on record against allowing illegal immigrants to vote in legal elections. Finally, on the staffing front, on Tuesday, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley announced her intention to resign her position in January. Initial speculation on a replacement centered on former Trump Deputy National Security Advisor Dina Powell, who had left the administration last year to go back to her old haunt at Goldman Sachs. After letting the speculation simmer for a few days on Thursday, she made it known that she would not be taking the post. That leaves the administration looking for another high-profile female to replace Haley. And potential nominees include former New Hampshire Republican Senator Kelly Ayotte, former Texas Republican Senator and current U.S. Ambassador to NATO Kay Bailey Hutchison, and Nancy Brinker, founder of the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation, among others. On another key staffing front, the Washington Post reports that people familiar with the decision say President Trump has selected Washington lawyer Pat Cipollone to replace Don McGahn as White House counsel. And that's our Washington Report for this week.